0: This is Scott Aniel, and welcome to By the Waters of Babylon, a podcast dedicated to discussion of Christianity in a post-Christian culture. Well, I wanted to record just a brief podcast today and address how a church can worship together during coronavirus pandemic. It may be tempting to think that we are living in unprecedented times, until we remember that Christians have faced persecution and plagues throughout history. This is not the first time, of course, that Christians have been forced to gather in small groups, nor will it likely be the last. However, what we are facing as a result of the coronavirus is certainly difficult and unprecedented for contemporary Western Christians, and churches are faced with figuring out how to approximate life together when they are prevented from meeting together physically. At the end of the day, I think we need to avoid Trying to reproduce normality through digital means. It is not normal, nor should it be, for churches to, quote unquote, gather virtually. Some churches are choosing to live stream services. Personally, I'm not sure the real value in that, unless you feel like you need to reproduce the sort of professional production of a Sunday service. But that in itself may indicate a problem with how we conceive of corporate worship instead i think we should feel uncomfortable with being apart this is not how it's supposed to be the benefit of corporate worship is that it is corporate the body of christ is together in communion with god and with each other through christ when we gather for worship and so we should not feel satisfied when that communion is impeded a live stream really doesn't enable true communion Instead, I think during this temporary time of separation, churches can find ways to unify around the Word together while they are unable to gather physically. And the best way I think this can happen without attempting artificial community is to give your church families a common service, scripture readings and hymns that you've chosen ahead of time, that then the whole church can use as they gather in small home groups on the Lord's day this could be as simple as emailing your congregation a service order that you encourage them to use as their family gathers but there are also some ways that technology can help with this at uh, southwestern seminary my dean is providing resources like this at artistictheologian.com/smallgroup and i've provided some resources as well for our church as we continue in our series in hebrews Our pastor is pre-recording his sermon. I'm planning services just like we have every Sunday, but emailing them to the congregation so that we can use these resources in our homes and in small groups when we can't gather together. Hopefully everyone in your congregation has a hymnal or two. We give a hymnal to each new family who joins our church, but if they don't, or if they don't have enough hymnals for the entire family, you could email links to downloadable hymn PDFs that you're going to use that week. At religiousaffections.org, we offer free downloadable hymn PDFs of every hymn in Hymns to the Living God. So you can visit classichymns.org or religiousaffections.org hymns and download those PDFs or include links for your church family. Singing acapella is wonderful, we do it every day in our home, but I fully recognize that some families that are less musically inclined might find value in some accompaniment to help encourage them to sing. And so for that purpose, we have begun recording some simple piano accompaniments to hymns in Hymns to the Living God, and providing them as mp3 downloads, as well as YouTube videos that include the lyrics as well. And so far, we've produced several hymns. They are listed at religiousaffections.org slash hymns audio, and we'll continue to record more in the future. But these can be great ways to help your congregation sing in their hymns or small groups. Again, this is what our church has chosen to do. Uh, you can see a sample of the service that I've provided for our congregation at ChristTheKingFortWorth.org, and I would encourage you to consider doing something similar for your church. Nothing will reproduce true communion. But our prayer is that this will enable our congregation to worship together, even though we won't be together physically. One final related point. I would encourage you not to give in to the temptation to celebrate the Lord's Supper as families or as small groups apart from the larger body. I understand the temptation. It will be uncomfortable not celebrating the table for what might be an extended time. But that is exactly as it should be. The table pictures the communion that we Christians enjoy with God because of Christ's shed blood and, and broken body for us but it also signifies the communion that we share with one another as his body. And since we are not together as a body during this time, we shouldn't employ the symbol that signifies communion. We, we should be uncomfortable with that. And we should long for the day when we will gather together again. And this will make our celebration of communion all the more sweet when we gather together again as a body, sooner rather than later, Lord willing. And we all certainly can pray for that to happen. Thank you for listening. Join me next time as we discuss issues related to Christianity in a post-Christian culture.